0: Welcome to Blackhawks Insider, the official podcast of the Chicago Blackhawks, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com, drive what Kane and Taves drive. I'm Carter Baum, and coming up on today's episode, we sit down with Jeremy Colleton to talk about his role in developing young talent, the style of play he wants to continue to build, and his own coaching history that the Blackhawks believe makes him the right man to lead the roster rebuild. All that and more coming up on Blackhawks Insider, presented by your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealers. It's all about the drive. Everyone loves a hat trick. Well, your local Chevy dealer has a hat trick to get your attention. If you're in need of a new vehicle but don't want to visit a dealership, check out Chevy Shop, Click, and Drive. Shop online 24-7. Take delivery at home. It's simple, it's seamless, it's safe, it's smart. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com to locate your Chevy dealer and schedule a test drive today. Shop, click, and drive. Drive what came in tapes drive. Welcome into Blackhawk's Insider, Carter Baum alongside Adam Burrish and another week another special guest head coach Jeremy Colleton joining us this week all the way from Alberta Jeremy first off how are you doing uh how have the last few weeks been and uh how's the family is everyone staying safe up there
1: yeah everything's good obviously uh just like everywhere else we're we're dealing with uh you know the situation we're in but uh making the best of it enjoying some family time and uh just uh, obviously looking forward to whenever it is that we get going again
0: Burr, you're back you're still in wisconsin how are you doing today uh not a whole lot changed since the last time we spoke
2: no nope. groundhog day carter you know that <laughs> everything's kind of everything's kind of been the same here
0: but uh, doing good here all good well very good jeremy we're happy to have you on today happy to talk a lot of different angles of not only the team but the outlook of the organization going forward and um I think get into your background a little bit as well because I don't think everyone fully understands kind of the trajectory of your coaching career and what's really been a relatively short amount of time and just some of the things that you've done. So, uh, I mean, first off, you said you're back back in Alberta. I hear you're doing... Uh, a little bit of off-season coaching as well, doing some young kid uh, coaching of your kids. What's uh, what's more difficult? Is it more difficult coaching an NHL team or wrangling a bunch of the youngsters together on the ice?
1: Well, I think it's a combo. It's uh, the one thing I do notice is that uh, the young the young kids early in the morning, six in the morning. Sometimes you got to bring the you got to bring a little more energy to get them going. <laughs> uh, it's been fun. It's a different different uh, you know perspective as far as the game but it's uh love being in the rink love being out there and love teaching so uh it's fun
0: and i'm sure it's nice having you know you wish you're playing hockey right now normally playing hockey at this point in october but having that time with the family I know you mentioned you just dropped your kids off before we got on this call i mean that's got to be a nice little a little bit of a blessing in disguise to kind of have that time especially yet i know it's a, a crucial point in their lives is they're they're Becoming their own individual selves.
1: Yeah, that, that's one thing about um, being a coach is that you don't you don't get as much time with your kids during the season, and so uh, you know obviously hockey seasons they uh, they over you know they intersect. So um, you know this year is a real opportunity to be around a lot, and like like you said, I've been on the ice with uh, both both of my boys, and uh, so just trying to take advantage of that. And then uh, you know yeah, as you said, spending time with the family and being here in Calgary and. Uh, that's like i said you make make the best of the situation you're in
2: the last uh week here jeremy the uh, the kind of the headlines have been the the blackhawks are gonna go a little younger and retool rebuild uh, you know, all the different words anybody wants to use when you guys kind of decided to make a little bit of that pivot or kind of be more open about making that pivot what were your thoughts about that is that something as, as a head coach is that something you get excited about i know one thing um, about you, that everybody's always said about you is, is you're a real good teacher, and you relate well to young players, and you're a great developmental guy. Um, it would seal, seem like this kind of thing is right in your wheelhouse. What, what were your kind of thoughts when uh, this was, this was kind of formally announced? Yeah,
1: I think uh, well, there's a few, few directions we can, we can take that. I think first of all, um, it's important that we work communicating with the fans and the media with, with what we're doing. I think it's uh, people want to understand <clears throat> the decisions that you're making day to day. And, and, uh, you know, by, by sort of being more open with uh, what the plan is, I think it helps people to, to be on board with, with uh, what they see on the ice and off the ice and what's being said in, in the interviews and things like that. Um, I think we, as a, as a team, we want to, we want to get back to being an elite team. We want to be a top 10 team every year and uh, we're not there. It's uh, every year you, you want to compete and, and this year was no different. We're trying to win and, uh, and we got in the playoffs and, and uh, had a you know, we had a good series against Edmonton and, and competed hard against Vegas, but we also, we got to be realistic about where we're at. And we're not, we're not quite ready yet uh, to be a contender. So uh, we, we got to understand that and, and understand what, the work that needs to be done, uh, to, to get there. And, and that's, we've already been, we've already been, you know, working this way as far as focusing on young players and giving them opportunity and investing in in them and realizing that, uh, you know, that that's going to pay off down the road. It might not be a smooth, um, smooth sailing the whole way. But, uh, even if you look at last year, I think the, the opportunities we give to to our young players really paid off whether that was in the second half or or when we did get into the bubble in Edmonton I think a bunch of those guys really took steps forward and uh, you know I think the other the other part is uh, sometimes the adversity that those guys face uh, when it doesn't work is what they need to to reach a higher level um, they're they're tested. Both, you know, mentally, but you know, obviously, with understanding, like, hey, they gotta, they gotta improve to be able to play, whether that's at the NHL level or, or at an NHL playoff level. And I think some of our young guys, um, it was hard for them in the playoffs uh, because of the the level, you know, the, the level went up, and, and as we, obviously we once, you know, the difference between the series 7 Edmonton and the series against Vegas, but. Um, they're disappointed in the moment, and of course, we're challenging them. We want we want more in the moment, but at the same time, uh, it's it can really benefit them to have gone through that and learn from it, and have that motivation as they go into their summer training and and start to prepare mentally uh, for the season. So um, these you no know, those types of lessons and situations that that they go through, we feel that that's part of uh, the, the process of of what what we, we need to do to get back to being an elite team so um as far as <clears throat> personally um, yeah i love i love working with young players and i, I love helping guys um, get better i love helping guys improve um, whether that's older players or younger players but um, the the thing about young players is there's so much more there uh, the when you when you have a 21 22 year old Uh, the difference in him if you invest in him and you spend time with him and give opportunity uh, the difference in their play between game five and game 70 can be huge and that's uh, that can really help your team uh, results on the ice and and certainly we're looking you know multiple years down the road as well but uh, as a coach you're trying to win and uh if if you can develop your players and make them better, then it's going to help you win hockey games, and and uh, that's that's part of my motivation for coaching is uh, how can how can we push these younger players along quicker so that we can get better results, and uh, that that is exciting to me, and also because I feel like that's the way we're going to get back to being a top team again, which is what we all want.
0: Even looking at last year, you had several instances throughout the year and working with some of the younger guys. Kirby Doc comes onto the scene maybe a little earlier, you know, gets his 10-game trial, really surprises you guys, sticks around um, full-time. Adam Boquist kind of called into action a little bit. There were points throughout the season where you had to sit down with those guys, have lengthy conversations about their game, even sit them for a game as a healthy scratch, You know, get them in the press box, look at the game from a different perspective, kind of reflect on some of those lessons and Time and time again, I think even with uh, Alex Nylander, Dominic Kubelik as well, after that game, those guys bounce back. They score a goal in the next game. They have a much better performance than what they were doing beforehand. I mean, what kind of uh, what kind of confidence does that give you in those players and their ability to take those lessons, take that opportunity, not look at it as a bad thing that they're sitting out, but then bounce back and take that next step and continue to elevate their game over the course of the season?
1: Yeah, that's... That's exactly right. Um, what you're looking for with in those situations, um, a lot of times it's an opportunity to give feedback because uh, typically when, when guys don't get the ice time they want, they they want to know why, and uh, they want to they want they want to help because uh, they want to play, they want to play more, they want to have more success. And so, you know, in those conversations, whether it's video or you just kind of have a chat on the ice, or or maybe it's one of the other assistants grabs them, uh, you're looking for a response, and and you want you want to sh- you want them to show uh, that they're they want it uh, and they're willing to to make those adjustments into their game, um, and that that really gives you confidence that that they're gonna be part of the solution when they do respond right away. It's like uh, it's that's what you look. We want to have a team that responds to adversity and uh, coming out, coming out of the lineup, no one wants to do it. It's, it is adversity. It's, it's no fun. They want to play. And, uh, but I, I, think all, you know, almost all our young guys responded really well, almost every time uh, to those, types of situations so <clears throat> it is a tool you use to to try to give a guy a, a boost you feel like he's kind of uh plateaued in his play or maybe even regressed and uh it's not the first it's never the first step like when a guy comes out uh, he he needs to have you know gotten feedback already uh he might probably should have had a meeting a video meeting and just give you know but then at some point if if they don't respond and and uh Improve, then then you, you take it to another level. So, uh, but I, I think uh, a lot of our young players use that experience to to improve, and uh, not all of them came out, but a lot. You know, it was, could be ice time, it could be someone going from you know fifteen minutes to seven minutes, or or missing some shifts, or or coming out of the lineup. Um, it's it's a tool to. To uh, to help them reach another level, and and part of what we we want to do is we're trying to build the depth of the group so that um, that you know that accountability can be up and down the lineup, um, but that takes time, and so we're we're trying to develop as many players as we can, so we have more depth, so there's more competition for the top roles for there's more, there's more competition for spots in the lineup. Absolutely. But, um, you know, for, you know, a spot on the, one of the top lines or, or every situation type place. So that's, um that's the thinking there.
2: He was, uh, we talked to Stan Bowman and that was one thing that he brought up to, and it was very complimentary of you in that, the communication, it's different than when, when you and I played where you probably didn't have as many healthy scratches as I did. But it was a lot of times it was you just show up and your n- number's not on the board. You're not playing that night. Hey, we want you to play a little harder. And it's kind of done. And you figure it out as you go. Where now Stan had mentioned, too, that the game has changed a little bit. And if you're going to invest more in young players, there needs to be more communication. And it was something that he had said is one of your great strengths is communicating with younger players and giving them that feedback. Um, to piggyback on that. And I think it's important for fans to kind of hear too, when, when you talk about investing more in young players and and rebuilding and, and giving more young guys an opportunity, that doesn't mean you guys are just going out there and saying, Hey, we're probably going to lose tonight. That's okay. And we're going to lay down, right? This is, uh, I I know you played on teams like this too, where you do have a lot of young guys in a team that a lot of people don't think will make the playoffs. And all of a sudden you start surprising some people because you're hungry or you've got young guys that, it, it, that they're excited to be in the NHL, not that older guys aren't, but there's a different level of excitement and compete and energy and, and anger sometimes to try and get that contract. What's your message, um, you know, to the fans to say, you know, what are you going to y- your team with this year saying, well, everybody's kind of writing us off a little bit. We're young, we're making a transition here. Um, what's your message that, and I think it's important that people understand this doesn't mean we're, we're okay losing and we're accepting that we're going to lose. Am I right about that? Absolutely. Um we want to play in big games that we
1: want to, I mean, our, our playoff experience this year was huge for, for our young players. We, we want to get there, but, but we want to get there with young players. Um, if we go through all these games and get to the playoffs and, and none of the young guys are playing, then they're, they're not gonna, you know, it's, we're not going to get where we need to. Um, so that's, that's the balance. Um, you know, we're, we're still going to have older guys and older guys are going to be a big part of our team. Uh, you know, now and in the future because you need that mix. Uh, but we need, you know, we need to, as he said, be competitive and, and we're going to try and win every night and, and we're going to, but we're going to do that while giving young guys opportunity and finding that balance. And uh, I think, I think that's important. Uh, and, and as you said, the, the communication is, is a huge part of it. Um I yeah you're right It probably didn't get healthy scratch for us because uh, they just they didn't they didn't sit me out they just sent me to the minors and <laughs>
2: <laughs> me too so,
1: you know, it's, uh, it's uh and and a lot of times there wasn't any communication it was just you know you're going down uh see it see you around Good luck yeah um, yep. which is tough and I, I found that tough as a player like I was someone who uh, who I thought a lot about the game and, and uh, what wanted to know, I wanted the feedback. And uh, when I didn't get the feedback, then sometimes your mind takes you places it shouldn't go. And uh, it didn't help me personally. I, I wish I would have, uh, you know, thought a little bit less about, you know, why wanting to a why all the time, it didn't help me, but uh, a lot of players are like that. And so you need to help them uh, understand you know, why certain decisions are being made or what they need to do to be better, what they need to do to improve. Uh, I try to run the team uh, how I wanted it to be run as a player. That's kind of how I approach it. If you feel like you, um, you're not getting what you need as far as feedback, then then come ask. And uh, that's our job. That's our job to give it. Uh, We're not we're not mind readers, and I wish, as a player, I would have done that more. I wish I would have knocked on the door and said, "Hey, what's what's going on? What do you need? What are you thinking?" Um, and that that would have helped me a lot. So I uh, try to have that atmosphere uh, in the team where it's more of a partnership as opposed to you know just speak when spoken to. And you know that's how I kind of came in. I am sure you were the same. Where uh, be seen and not heard, especially as a young guy, especially as a young player, kind of just trying to be invisible, and that's that's not the best uh, for development and for, for guys who are trying to, um, you know, make a, make an impact on the team and in the league. So, um, that's, and, but here's the other part about, about communication is sometimes, um, sometimes you knock on the door and you, you get that conversation and the, you don't like the message, but that's part of life. I mean, that's, that's part of, uh, you you need, sometimes you need to hear things you don't want to hear. And uh, that can, if you use it correctly, it can make you better uh, in the end. And then maybe after the fact, whether that's a week or a month or years after, you're like, ah, you know what?
0: I'm glad I heard that. You mentioned there's no in your playing days. Both of you said there's really no conversation of when you get scratched, when you get sent down, what happens. Could you not a specific situation, but could you maybe walk us through that conversation if you were sending Burr and myself down to down to Rockford right now? What, how do you kind of approach that situation? How do you how do you make it a constructive thing for when a young player that can sometimes come off as I haven't done well enough, I'm not good enough, uh, I'm I'm not made for this level. What if What if all this has been for nothing? Type type mindset that can be a it can be an off putting conversation for a young player who hasn't maybe gone through that a lot. Yeah. So um,
1: when we when we do when we send a guy down to rockford it's uh usually Stan and I do it together where you know after a game we'll, we'll pull him in and we have a meeting cuz it's it's an important it's a really important meeting for the player you know cuz it's you're not going to see him for could be a few days could be a few weeks could be a few months could be I mean I've been sent down and they didn't get back for a year yeah. so uh you know that's that's important that you get honest feedback and uh so that you know what you need to do. So typically Stan and I, we take them in and we each kind of give them our, our view of their game and and how we see them and what they need to do to be a Blackhawk. And uh, then we'll, you know, I'll call Kinger um, and, and we'll talk about the player and sort of, so he knows the message that I gave him because sometimes not sometimes I'd say a lot of times when, uh, when a player comes in, for, for that type of meeting uh, they hear they're being sent down to rockford and then they just block yeah. out. <laughs> so it's tough so so a lot of times he doesn't even remember what was said in the meeting so it's important that that Kinger knows uh, what was said so that he can kind of reinforce the message of, of what we what we need to see and, and that hopefully that helps um, the the situation in Rockford and we can get the player back on the rails as, as quickly as we can because a lot of times guys get sent down and it's hard for them that takes a couple of weeks to recover so um you know we you, you got to manage that um in in uh, as far as like sitting a guy out it's um when i'm going to sit a guy out the first time like i said it's it shouldn't be the first uh you, you try not to be in a situation where the guy's blindsided he should have got some sort of feedback it's a little bit tougher with older players because um sometimes the warning shot can make it worse <laughs> yep they, they you know what like i'm being i'm in that you're you considering me in that mix and, and it, it almost is a it hurts more than it helps because it it kind of rattles their confidence and then it's almost inevitable that uh their play is going to dip even more, but but especially for young guys, um, I, I try to, together with the staff, it, it may not be me the first time, but uh, they got to at least get a little bit of a warning, like, hey, um, we need a little more. Uh, this is what we're looking for. And they may get some video uh, video meeting. Um, and then, uh, you know, if we decide as a staff, they're going to come out, then there's going to be, then we're gonna, I'm going to have a meeting with them. And and say, Hey, listen, uh, a lot of times I try to do it. I tell them they're not playing. And then I set up a meeting uh, for after, you know, after the morning skate or whatever it may be, because again, <clears throat> like I was saying earlier, uh, you tell the guys he's, he's out and then he blocks out. He doesn't hear anything you he said. And, uh, you know, so it's like, what are the coach say to you? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> So we try to avoid that. And uh, so I set up a meeting and then we will watch some shifts or, or maybe just have a conversation. I just want to hear what they think. A lot of times the player knows. He knows. Uh, you, you let him start the meeting and he, he does all the work for you. And, uh, hey, listen. uh then, then it's easier because you're almost trying to pick him up, give him confidence because he already knows uh, what he's got to do. I'd say Kubalik's a perfect example. Like when he a couple times when he came out of the lineup, he's like, yeah, "I knew it was coming." <laughs> it's like, "Hey, listen, you're fine. Uh, we believe in you. We, 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 we know you're you're going to go right back in, and uh, we'll get you back to the level you, you've been at." Uh, but you know, he's a guy that he's almost too hard on himself, so. You, know, you have the meeting with him and he's, he's basically telling you all the reasons why you shouldn't play. And it's like, well, no, no, I wouldn't go that far. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and, and so some of those meetings I've had a few of those where it's like I'm actually, yeah, I do have a couple negative clips, but I almost skip them because they've already told me all those things. And so then I'm trying to build it back up again for the, for the chance to go back in and play. And, uh, you know, so it's a little bit of a feel, uh, bulky's, you know, he's a different example. Um, <clears throat> He's young and and language is still um, he's he's adjusting to English and I think he understands really well. But <clears throat> those meetings, it's not it's not just me talking to the player. It's it's uh, should be the player talking to me because I need to know they understand the message and what they need to do. And uh, so you know, I'm trying to build that up with him where he feels comfortable speaking in English. Uh, I've actually you know. He's spoken, so I've done meetings with him where I'm like, hey, just talk Swedish, it's fine. You know, I talk English, he talks Swedish. And then that's yeah. easier for him just to express himself a little more clearly. Um, I just want, I want these guys to feel comfortable in their own skin. And, and you know, then a lot of times, maybe, especially with a guy who English isn't his first language, like uh, maybe Mattel will go go after the fact, uh, whether that's the afternoon or a couple hours later the next day and say, Hey, like, did you understand the meeting? What was said? Yeah. Um, just to make sure that that uh, everyone's clear, and uh, but again, it's a, it's a little bit of a case by case basis, but that gives you a bit sure. of a picture of how we do it.
0: You're going to have coming into this next season, obviously, a lot of young prospects, a lot of guys coming into the roster who are either one year into their NHL career or just getting that start. But then on the other side of the roster, like you said, you have those veterans, those guys who have won multiple cups who have been the foundation of this team. How do you walk that line of obviously those guys want to win, they have that competitive edge. We, we see it every, night in and night out, but also have those development moments where sometimes you have to give a, d- a certain opportunity to a young guy, a, a crucial face-off, or in this moment we're going to put this line out there because they need to be exposed to that. I mean, how do you – how do you see kind of walking that fine line and and making sure that everyone feels involved? Everyone, um, is bought into what's happening here, but also like bird mentioned earlier, you're, you're still trying to win games. You're not, you're not just playing all the young guys. It's going to be a, it's going to be a balance between the two.
1: Yeah. It's, it's going to look a lot like it did, uh, the past year. And, uh, I would say we had a, we had a similar approach the year before we just didn't have as many young players you know this year we had a lot more young players and so it was um if you look back you probably could see a lot of situations that we did that and um uh, so it'll it'll look very much the same um the differences will have even more uh you know, a lot of these first second year pros and then i'll be the second and third year pros and then we're bringing in new guys so um uh, They'll get, they're definitely, they're going to get their opportunities and then it'll be how they handle it. Uh, We'll determine if they continue to get more or if we pull back a little bit or, or whatever it may be. And uh, the the message to the veterans is, um, this is how we're going to get back to being uh, a contender again, which is what everyone wants. Um, Hockey is, I think of all the major sports, I think depth is probably the, the most important in hockey because, um uh, it's not it's hard the top guys are really important but they they can't play the whole game and uh they can be uh a team game can really limit them uh you know when if you as far you know when we're going to playoff series against mcdavid i mean if we have everyone um on board with playing a team close checking uh, hard working then it's, it's tough for those top players to impact things because this don't get any space. Um, so you really need, you need depth. And and if you look at the teams that, that win that have success in the playoffs, that's what they have. They have, they have four lines, they have six D. they have more than that. Actually, they get 23 guys, 25 guys who are NHL players who can, who can play in playoff games. And, uh, we need to develop that. And I think everyone agrees with that. We, we had, uh, when we had exit meetings after the playoffs, uh, you know, we, we talked, we just didn't have enough depth. We, we played well for stretches, but we just couldn't sustain it. And so in order to, in order to compete with those teams, we need to develop young guys. We're not able to go out and sign a bunch of veteran guys ready to just step right in. And so uh, we got to give young players opportunity and that will, uh, that's what's best for the Blackhawks. And those older guys are part of the Blackhawks, so it'll be best for them too, because that we can get back to winning as soon as we can.
2: We're a couple of young names um, that that fans and people can get excited about. Uh, looking forward to watching here. Um, you know, obviously, you can you can probably touch on guys like Kirby Doc, but is, is there any names? You know, go through a couple of names that are on this roster that you expect big things from next year, and then are, is there a, a name or two names that maybe we're not so familiar with yet that that we should keep an eye out for coming into the next season?
1: Yeah. I think that's the, that's the exciting part about our group is that we yeah. have a lot of different options uh, or there's, there's options for me to tell you that, okay, look for that guy, he's going to, he can break through. And that's, that's kind of the idea is, is we, we're not just going to invest in one or two guys and put all our eggs in that basket. And then, you know, hopefully it works. And, and uh, we, cause it, it, not all these guys are going to pan out. I mean, that's just the nature of sure. the business. It, it's hard. It's hard to play at, at a high level. It's hard to learn how to win and, and be a winner. And uh, but we have, um, you know, a lot of guys got their first experience. Uh, guys like Kirby. I mean, the the up you know the, the upward curve was was outstanding. Everyone could see like he's going to be an elite player in the league. Um, but you know, even guys like like you said, Boakvist and, and Nylander were. It was maybe a little more up and down, but they now they have that experience, and they've been through it and they've been through adversity. and they've also shown that they can go through adversity and not play and sit out some games and then come back in and respond.
2: Yeah.
1: And that will help them. that that will help them as they learn how to be pros and and hopefully uh, help us win for a long time. Um, even. At, you know, we we probably think we think of him as a veteran, but um, DeBrinket, I mean, he's he's a kid still. Yeah, and, uh, he went through a lot of adversity this year. I thought he played well a lot of the year, but the pucks weren't going in for him. And as a scorer, that's that's incredibly hard on you mentally. And I think it was a struggle for him. But he he handled it so well. He's a great kid, team player, very mature. Uh, his, his priorities are in the right spot. And uh, I thought he improved as the year went on. I thought he had a really good playoff and he's going to break out. I would be very surprised if he didn't have a, a big year production wise, but uh, regardless, he's evolved into the type of player that even when he's not scoring, he can contribute. He can help us win. We need more of those guys. Now, the more of them you have a harder you are to play against the more competitive you are. And uh, you can, then you can win hockey games. So, um, you know, I'm looking for all these guys who we gave experience to, to take another step, and they're not all going to. Some of them are going to take half a step back, but the challenge is to um, to work with them to to turn it around as quickly as possible and, and start moving forward again. Um, and then, yeah, we got a, we got some guys who are going to be first year pros, and and we don't really know uh, what to expect. Everyone reacts differently to their first year pro. I mean, we. Clearly, we got, we got a high hopes for, for Ian Mitchell. Um, we we think he's got the chance to make our team and, and make an impact, but we don't know. And, and if it doesn't happen right away, it's not the end of the world. Like, it's he won't be the first, you know, first-year pro to, to start in Rockford or to not to play every night for, you know, 20 minutes. That's okay. Uh, the, the idea is, though, that they continue to progress, and uh, that's – that's the focus here while still trying to be competitive and, and get in the playoffs.
2: Last one I got for you, Jeremy is just, can you hit on the goaltender position for us? Obviously that was some news with Corey Crawford. Um, and then what, what should we look for this year? You, you Stan had talked about three different options. You guys have, you have a lot of options. You've got a, a couple names. People know uh, with Delia and Malcolm Subban. And then you got a young Finnish kid that, you know, by all accounts kind of carried a team to a championship and, and could be a real bright spot uh, what are you looking at in the goaltender position?
1: Yeah, well, it's uh, certainly that's a position where there's a lot of opportunity right now, and we got three guys who we think any one of them could could break through and uh, show that you know not only they're an NHL goaltender but but ready to to play a lot of games. So uh, we're excited about that, and we're not going to handicap it. We're going to let it play out. And
2: uh, no favorites right now.
1: No, and I think that's <laughs> the idea. Yeah, that's the idea. We we want to let let their performance dictate and uh, that competition I think in a lot of ways can can help um you know maybe all three of them will will break through and that wouldn't that be a great problem to have um and it's I just I I don't I think in this situation you don't want to pick winners because you know what if the the guy who would have broke through is the one you you plug in the number three hole and then he doesn't get the opportunity and and uh maybe just slows slows the whole pace down so so we'll see but I think they all bring different things I mean obviously we've seen um uh, me personally I've seen more of Delia because I had him in Rockford sure. and we went on the playoff run there and uh, that was so I have a little more familiarity with him he, he had that run uh, my first year and he played a bunch of games played well um Subban you know obviously he's got more experience in the league and he's he's kind of been waiting for his chance uh, he's he's been played behind some pretty good goaltenders and uh, great kid hard worker and and you know we'll see and then and like you said uh, you know he's, he's got the international success international experience behind him that that'll give him confidence that he knows he can come in and play at this level and we'll see and uh, that's exciting we'll we're, uh, we understand that it's, it's a bit of an unknown and, and, uh, but we'll never know unless we give him a shot.
0: Last thing for me and I, I, don't, I don't think it's as widely known as it should be, just your path to this, sto- to this spot. You're coming up in your two-year anniversary of being the Blackhawks head coach but your coaching career goes back a few years beyond that and Stan's touched on it a couple times of this is why we think Jeremy is the right person to lead This project going forward, developing these young guys, just like we've talked about several times throughout this episode. Give us a little sense of your first few years uh, in Sweden. I know you went over there to play, to to try and extend your playing career, got an early concussion, kind of ended your career, and you quickly transitioned into a coaching role. And within a few years, you're able to take a team that didn't have a whole lot of key pieces, maybe didn't have a whole lot of the talent, and go from the basement of your your second division Swedish league up to the top, earn promotion into the top Swedish league. And um, at that point, the Blackhawks were like, hey, this is a quality coach. And you, they brought you over to Rockford. I mean, Rockford, what what was it about that time in, in Sweden that really helped you not only get your footing in coaching, but kind of give you that confidence of this is how you want to be as a coach. This is how you like to develop these players. And um, you can take a team from... Uh, essentially, nothing to to a champion.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I like think you kind of touched on it. I I didn't. I wasn't planning on going over there to coach. I was. I went over there to continue playing. I'd been there before as a player, and we liked it there. And and uh, it's great, great hockey. Um, but it didn't work out, and and uh, you know, circumstances gave me the chance. Uh, they kind of. It was a. Uh, mora is a is a really it's a small city it's a small market uh, even in the second league, it's a s- small market and uh they didn't have any money <laughs> and so that's a big reason why big reason why I got the opportunity they were already paying me so uh <laughs> instead of going home and and just collecting uh, collecting what was left of my check there uh they you know they they had made a change and and uh they weren't quite ready to to name a, a successor. And, and so I was there and uh, had a little bit of support in the, in the room among some of the players. And uh, so they gave me the chance and uh, you know, certainly I didn't have any experience really. And, and uh, but you know, I played for quite a few years and, and as I said, kind of my idea was just to sort of run the team, how I wanted it to be run as a player and, and uh, give feedback. And, um, you know, we had, you know, a little bit of success early that first year and uh, to get into the playoffs. I think we were, I don't know if we were last or second last uh, when I took over, but uh, we ended up getting in and having a pretty good run. And so then that, that opened up the opportunity for future years. Um, And then we, we kind of, it evolved over time. We had probably more of an older team my second year, um, but, just because of the financial situation, like we could never afford to, to sign a bunch of, you know, top, top players in the league. So at some point, like we made the playoffs every year and, and we're a top half team and always seem to be in the mix, but, but uh, we didn't really see, we didn't see a, a path to be in, you know, that elite team uh, to have a chance to get promotion. And that's ultimately what you play for if you're in the al so So um, we made, we made a decision to go young and uh it's it's not the same but there are some similarities here is that we we felt like that's where we could find value uh looking for young players who need opportunity who are willing to come for the chance to develop and and come for cheap and uh so we, we basically turned over the whole group in a year and went went really young and, and uh, I know even that you know it didn't work right away. it took some time because um, we did have a really young team and they they didn't have any experience. I think we lost uh, in November of my third year we lost eight in a row at one point. and that was tough but uh, had a lot of support from the club and uh, we ended up you know turned around made the playoffs that year and, and we went we went four and one in the playoffs. Uh, well, we were 4-0, and and then we they have, it's a little bit different system where it's like a round robin uh, as part of the playoffs. We end up losing the one game, and we didn't get in. <laughs> uh-huh. But, uh, you know, that kind of, that set us up for the next year, and we, we brought a bunch of guys back. We lost a few to the top league at that point, um, but we did, we bring, we brought quite a few back, and then we are able to sort of supplement with some more young guys, and and the next year, we, we dominated the second league, and um, that was the year with Mattel joined me as an assistant and, uh, ended up winning, winning the playoffs and Al Svenskin and then beat, uh, beat Lexan and from the top league for promotion. And I think the, that was, <clears throat> that whole experience was, first of all, I was treated really well and just given, I was given a lot of responsibility early when, uh, you know, experience wise, there was really no reason to, but, um, just, they, you know, the, the club director and just the people in, in, with, with the club, um, they had confidence in me. And, um, I ended up, you know, I was basically, I was coach and GM, running everything as far as the scouting and, uh, doing contracts. And, um, that was, that was a great experience for me just to develop, just to do, do a lot and have a lot of responsibility and, and, uh, also, you know, Learned, we didn't have any money, so we had to try to find a way to to make it work and uh that clearly was huge for for my development as a person and and just feeling confident and now I view the game and uh, I've kind of brought that with me here.
0: you were kind of uh you touched on it you you weren't looking to get into coaching, but after a couple of years there, you get a call from the Blackhawks. they're interested in hiring you, and three and a half later three and a half years later. Here we are. I mean, what is it? A little, um, maybe not surreal is the right word, but is it a little you know fun to look back on just just that path and and um, a quick ascent to the NHL, but one that was well deserved with the work that you did in Sweden and then coming right over to Rockford and taking that team and an older group there by and large to the postseason in your first year. I mean, what what do you think about when you look back on essentially? your seven, eight years of, of being a head coach.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, certainly I'm fortunate that the Blackhawks, uh, you know, were, they had an open mind as far as looking to bring different people in and, and with different backgrounds. And, uh, my path is not, uh, you know, it's, it's different. And, uh, I, I think, you know, a lot of it is I wasn't really looking to come over, um, we were happy where we were and just got promoted to the top league and had a lot of responsibility and had a really good situation. But um, when, you know, an original 16 with tradition, the Blackhawks have and and traditional winning and and, uh, when they were interested, it was, it was hard to say no. And uh, initially like the, my, my thought process of coming over was to uh, be around, you know, Stan and and Joel Quenville and and just uh, learn as, as much as I could and and uh, things happened quicker than <laughs> than I think anyone probably expected. Obviously, we had a really good run my first year in Rockford, went to the conference finals, and that was another good year for me, development wise, just to to um, go through those experiences. And then uh, you know got the chance in Chicago, which I'm I'm grateful for, but it was it also was hard, <laughs> um, you know it was, uh, it's been, it's never easy to take a team in transition and, and a team that's used to having success. And we're, we're going through change in order to get back to that success as quickly as possible. So personally, it's been, uh, it's been a challenge. It's been uh, huge for me as far as developing and, and getting better and just getting, um, going through it, it's going to make me better down the road. So, um, you know, I feel like I'm just getting started. I feel like I got a lot to learn still, and trying to learn every day. And and uh, that's, you know, I'm just happy to be happy for the opportunity.
0: I was gonna say you haven't really had a normal season to date. You took over mid-season two years ago. Obviously, everything with this past season ending early and going to the bubble and then uh, next season's not going to be a normal season either with a delayed start and who knows what that might look like so uh fighting through the adversity uh year after year um but it, it's going to be an exciting path going forward and I think you touched on it and Bert touched on it there's a lot of young talent in this organization that I think uh given the opportunity can really make an impact in the years to come and and it, it could be an exciting process. And I know it's one that you're, you're excited looking at long term, um, where this organization can go.
1: Yeah, that's, it is exciting. And, uh, we, we want to win. We want, we want to be a team that's in the mix every year. That's what we're building. We want to build something that's sustainable and that, uh, you know, we we talked a lot about, it. you know, trying to, we want to build a development culture, but even, even once we're, where we want to be as far as being a team that that's expected to be in the mix. We need to keep this process alive. We need to keep developing young players and integrating them in and teaching them how to win and and what it takes. And that needs to continue uh, forever and ever. <laughs> that That's what we need to do to, to be consistent, to be uh, we don't want to go through peaks and valleys uh, if you can help it. And so that's what's exciting to me. I want to, I want to build something that, uh, and that's to me, that's, that's the way to approach it is understanding, like, I'm not going to be here forever. Um, Stan's not going to be here forever, but we want to leave things better than we found it. And, and if you just, if you have that approach every day, we're going to get better today. We're going to make things better today. We're going to help players um, reach their goals. Then I think, you know, the individual success will come.
0: Well, it's uh, it's exciting. I'm looking forward to, as I know many people are, whenever this season does get underway, seeing this uh this evolution of the team it's it's going to be like i said exciting to watch but thank you jeremy for giving us some time today i know we um we we peppered a lot of questions at you you even had a little back and forth with with burr and uh you know he gave you a little compliment at least but burr our friend burr is a little self-deprecating at times but uh he had himself a nice career as that was
2: well was a healthy scratch a lot carter i'm okay <laughs> with that
0: overly honest <laughs> okay.
2: Yeah. Thanks, Jeremy. That was great. Thanks for doing this with us. And uh, yeah, I think we're all excited to to get this, to get hockey going again. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me guys.
0: Absolutely. Well, special thanks once again to Jeremy Colleton for joining us. That'll do it for this week's episode for Adam Bursch. I'm Carter Baum. We'll see you next time on Blackhawks Insider presented by Chevy Drive Chicago. Drive what and Tapes drive.